right now, the hard season, right now, post-divorce, right now, you've lost someone you love, right now, you're out of work, right now, you are being guided. You are being guided to the next thing. And if you believe that, and if you stand back up and you keep taking just another step, just another step, just another step, you're gonna get out of the valley. And the thing is, the strength that you earned from getting through the valley is exactly what you need to make this dream come true. So I believe, you don't have to believe, I'll believe enough for both of us, that if you have this idea on your heart, there is a reason it is there and it is possible. It is possible. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Today, we're getting motivated, you guys, straight up. You know, I was like, I had some time after a bunch of meetings and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to record a podcast and try and, you know, put something out, was feeling good. And I'm not going to lie, I have on a little bit of makeup right now, which was like, well, if you got on a little bit of makeup, you should just go ahead and knock out a podcast. Oh my gosh. Because if you're listening to this on audio, I also put these on YouTube. So every once in a while, I actually have something going on up here and I felt like I should take advantage of it. But I was dancing around to Macklemore's new song because I love Macklemore and I hope you guys love him too. I don't even care. One of the best performers I have ever seen live, and I am not being paid to say this, but he is on tour this summer. It's him and Imagine Dragons, and I am taking my three boys, and I don't even care. I am going to holler, scream, sing at the top of my lungs. I love both of those performers, but also if anyone listening knows Macklemore, he's literally, I have a list on my on my mirror here of my dream guest. Macklemore is literally at the top of my list. And I do not know how to contact his team, but holy crap, I would just kill. Like you guys, if you know me, if you've like been with me for a while, you know, I love the rock. That's like one of my heroes. I love him so much. If you were like, Rach, you can sit down with the rock or with Macklemore. It is no contest. I love you, Dwayne. There's no contest. It's got to be Macklemore. And do you know why? Creativity and authenticity, because I don't know many other musicians at his level that just do such creative, cool, weird, like he had an entire song about thrift shopping. He had an entire song about buying a moped, but they're like these epic, (laughs) crazy, oh, I love him so much. I don't even care. In a totally platonic, not weird way. If you are on Macklemore's team and you're like, maybe 
he could sit with Rachel, but we're worried that she's a stalker. It's not that. It's just I really admire his creativity. So I was jamming out to his new song, which is so good. Oh, my gosh. Please go check it out. It's called Chant. And I was like, what do I want to talk about today? Like I have – I I map out a bunch of different ideas for the show in my handy-dandy journal. And um, so I had a bunch to choose from. And I just felt really called – and maybe this was the espresso that I drank, but I just felt really called to talk about motivation. That's what I want to do. I want to motivate you today. Whatever it is you're working on, you're going back to school, you're on a health journey, you have a business idea, you know, you got a side hustle, you're trying to train for your first half marathon, whatever it is you're trying to do, today's episode is for you. It is just straight motivation. It is straight energy. It is the kind of thing that I wish like I could go access in the world and just like hear somebody pump me up and tell me why I can do it. That's what we're going to do today. I'm going to tell you why you can do it. And I thought it'd be fun. Do you guys remember, have you ever played that game Two Truths and a Lie? So when I was writing out the ideas, I was like, oh, these are three truths and a lie. So three reasons why your dream is going to work. That's what we're talking about today. And then one lie that if you believe it will keep you from making it happen. So before I jump into those things, I feel like it's worth saying oftentimes, probably not by you guys, because I feel like if you're hanging out, if you're listening to shows, if you're if you're reading my books or going to my events or whatever, we're like-minded. We like to be motivated. We like high vibes. We like energy. We don't always get there, but we're striving. We're seeking. We're, we're wanting something more out of life. And I sometimes think that people like us get a bad rap, right? They're like, you know, you're too hyper. You have too much energy. You're too loud. The world's burning down. It's a dumpster fire, why are you trying to reach for positivity? Why are you trying to reach for joy when everything feels so hard? And so there is a belief sometimes that there's something inauthentic about reaching for motivation when life is hard. And I just, I honor everybody's right to believe whatever they want to believe. But for me personally, the reason that motivation and energy and hyping each other up and jumping up and down and like changing your physiology, the reason those things are powerful is because the world is a dumpster fire. You don't need that stuff when life is going great. You need that stuff when life is really freaking hard. So, so much of what we do when we talk about habits and sort of instilling a process and a way to live, it's not for the perfect days. It's not for the great stuff. It's not for the highest highs. We learn these lessons and we implement these practices for when life is hard. And I don't know about you, but life is still hard over here. I I don't know. I, I don't have a single friend. I don't have a single colleague who isn't still feeling a bit burnout, a bit overwhelmed. I don't know about y'all, but everyone I'm talking to right now, it feels like we're kind of falling bad. We were so conscious of great habits when we went into lockdown. But for those of us who still work from home, and maybe for those of you who are even back in an office place, 
I feel like we've forgotten the things that we needed to be doing that were helping us. So like I really got out of the habit of wearing blue light blocking glasses and they're on my desk now because I'm trying to to be really conscious of that. I got out of the habit of making sure I was moving. I'm like sitting down for meetings because I have a finite amount of time. I'm, I'm here with my daughter, Noah. She's five. And I have a babysitter. Thank you, Lord, for our babysitter who comes from nine to three. So during the summertime, I have her from nine to three and not every day of the week. Like this week, she could only come a few days. So I'm really conscious as a working mama, okay, I have only that amount of time to get my work done. So my schedule right now is packed, like from as soon as she gets here to the time that she leaves, I'm like, okay, how do I fit all of these things into the time that I have? Because when she leaves, I'm back in mom mode. So I've just gotten into this bad habit again of not taking care of myself like I was in the beginning, like making sure I'm walking, making sure I'm moving, getting away from screens, looking away, drinking my water, doing all of it. And I feel like like life has gotten better for humans post-pandemic in some ways and harder in others. But the hard stuff feels harder because we're coming off the tail end of two really extreme years or for you, maybe more. So I want to acknowledge that for most people I know, they're still in it. And even if life is pretty good, the other thing that my friends and I are experiencing and talking about is that there's like this underlying fear, well, what if it gets bad again? You know, what if something happens? What if there's another pandemic? What if we go into another lockdown? What if masks come back? What if this? What if that? What if I run out of money? What if this thing happens? What if my boyfriend breaks up with me? There's this like post-stress thing that is making us worry that the other shoe might drop. And that's only exacerbated if you already had that in your life. So developing habits that sort of keep you going is not for the good times. We do that so that in the harder seasons, we have something to fall back on. And then even amongst the things that we have to fall back on, Every once in a while, you just need someone to look you in the eye and tell you, you can do this. You can do this. I believe in you. I think you are worth the dream that you have. I think that there's a reason that dream is on your heart. You can do this. I need to hear that sometimes. And so I thought maybe you needed to hear that. And if nobody else told you today, I'll be the one. So today's episode is straight motivation just for you, and I really freaking hope that you find it helpful. And if you do, send it to someone else who needs some motivation. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. (laughs) Y'all, Ray Chatter. Ray Chatter, coffee. I did. I did have my coffee. I'm pumped. Okay. Three truths and a lie. Three truths about this dream that you have, whatever it is, and why you can achieve it, straight up. I don't care who you are, where you are, where you come from, you can achieve this. And just quick side note on this, there are a lot of people who will argue unto death about all of the reasons why that's not true. They'll be like, but 
you don't know where I come from. You don't know what has happened to me. You don't know. You don't know my story. You're right. I don't know your story. But I know the story of so many people historically in books in my own life who have achieved things that are so far beyond what anyone thought was possible, including themselves. So I know it is possible to change your life for the better. I know it. And I, look, till the day that I die, this is the hill. This is my hill. You know how there's like, oh, I'll die on that hill? I will die on this hill. With the belief that every single human being can make change. Not all at once. Not, you don't snap your fingers and suddenly everything's different. But small incremental changes add up. They add up to big things. And it's exponential growth that happens when you begin to believe, truly believe that this is possible for you. So here's why. Here are three reasons why you are going to make this happen. The first one is because you are a warrior. Okay, don't roll your eyes at me. You have lived through way worse stuff than this. I don't know your story. I don't know what has happened. But whatever discouragement you're feeling, whatever voice in the back of your head that tells you the reasons that this dream can't be yours, I want you to clap back at that voice, call BS, and be like, no. Because if I was going to go down, I would have gone down when this happened. If I was going to go down, it would have been when I lost my parents. If I was going to go down, it would have been when I was with an abusive ex. If I was going to go down, it would have been for these reasons during this season, I would have gone down then. But you know what? Life didn't get me. It didn't get me. And so it's not going to get me now. You are so freaking strong. See, the problem is that most people will go through hard things. And because going through hard things makes us feel weak, let me say it again, because going through hard things makes us feel weak, we believe that we are weak. Because going through hard things makes us feel weak, we believe that we are weak. And that is not true. If you have survived something hard and If you are listening to this, you have survived something hard because you have gone through a global pandemic. If the rest of your life was absolutely perfect, if you had a gajillion dollars, an incredible marriage, a rockin' bod, uh, you know, you were the smartest person, if nothing else, COVID for sure affected you somehow. And because you are on the other side of that thing, that means you were strong enough to survive. How is a muscle built? Think about it. You go you go into the gym, right? And you're like doing bicep curls. A muscle is built because you're tearing down the tissue of the existing muscle and it's growing back stronger. You grew back stronger. You see the thing that happened and you think that it makes you weak. And I am telling you that the stuff that you have lived through is exactly why you are capable of pursuing this dream. Grab a journal. Grab a journal. And I want you to write down all of the things that you have lived through and overcome. 
I think that writing like this works best when you sort of do free form. You don't think about it. You set a timer. You're like, I'm going to write for 20 minutes no matter what. And you just go as fast as you can. And I say go as fast as you can because if you go fast, you won't second guess yourself. And just write it down. I am strong because of this. I am brave because of this. I didn't give up when this happened. I showed up even though I was tired. I was sick. I was hungry. I was homeless. I was lost. I was unsure. I was addicted. Whatever your story is. It's the reason that you are strong. You are a warrior. That's why I know you can push this dream across the finish line. Because look at what you've already done. And y'all, can we give ourselves some credit for the stuff that we don't give ourselves credit for? When I have conferences, when I speak at events, I'm typically speaking to an audience that's predominantly women. And they come from every walk of life, every background, every story. And I'll, I'll have this moment with them where I'm like, okay, open your journals. And I want you to talk, uh, to talk to yourself and to write down all the things that you've done and achieved and they can't come up with anything. And then someone will be like, I, I couldn't come up with anything, Rach. And I'm like, okay, tell me about your life. And they start telling me like, well, I've, you know, raised four kids and I was just a stay at home mom. And I, and I'm like, just a stay-at-home mom? Are you freaking kidding? I'm like, are any of your kids in jail? They're like, no. They giggle, no. I'm like, well, tell me about your kids. They start, and they're amazing, and they're this, and they're that. I'm like, there's no just anything about you. No matter who you are, you unique, glorious human being, there's nothing just, I'm just this, I'm just BS. Celebrate yourself. You have worked so hard. You have. And you're still here. And the only reason you listen to this podcast, the only reason is because you're seeking, is because you believe that there's something more and that it's possible for you to have that. So give yourself credit for what you have done. You are strong. And that's why this dream will be yours. The second reason that I believe that you can achieve this goal is because your creator would not have put this idea on your heart if you were not capable of pulling it off, period. I cannot tell you how many times I have heard stories from women in the community, listeners of the podcast, they've read the books, they come to conference or whatever it is. And they'll tell me that, you know, over years, they heard me say things like this. And they kept thinking like, you know, she says that like, I, I wish that someone would do this thing. I wish that someone would do this. I wish this would happen in my town. And I've had this too, where I'm like, why doesn't anyone fix this? Why doesn't anyone care about these people? Why isn't anyone talking about this? And then I feel like at some point, God or the universe or your angels like knock you upside the head and are like, girl, boy, friend, the reason that you care about this thing so much is because you are the answer. God would not have put this on your heart if you were not capable of seeing it through. Why are you playing small? Why are you, why are you trying to show up? in the smallest way possible, why are, you, why are you like dipping your toe into your dream? 
you're like, I really want to do this thing. I'm just going to like dip my pinky toe in so that I can pursue it in a way that is the least alarming to other people, that will keep me safe, that will keep the target from my back, that will keep people from judging me. So I'll just like be dream adjacent. I'm not going to be all in on my dream. I'm going to be dream adjacent. It's on your heart for a reason. I I believe this. I've talked about this for years because I believe that I, I heard this quote years ago and I love it. Like that your potential, the potential that you have inside of you, that is your creator's gift to you. What you do with that potential is your gift back to the universe, is your gift back to mankind. Your potential is your gift. So you were given this potential at birth and you were given this dream in your heart of something you think you can create and you're squandering it because of fear, because of being judged, because of being unsure. I freaking get it. But I want you to hear me say there is a reason. There's a reason. There's a reason that you have this exact idea at this exact moment in life. So what I always think of in this context is there's a story in the Bible. I grew up in the Christian faith, and so scriptures and stories from the Bible are always going to be a part of my life because it was such a big part of my childhood. And you'll recognize it if you grew up with a similar faith or this is also in the Jewish tradition. But it's the story of Queen Esther. And if you're not familiar, Esther was a Jewish woman who lived in Persia and, you know, found favor with the king and the king married her. And all of a sudden, this Jewish girl found herself as a Persian queen. And Jews were persecuted and were killed by Persians. And so there's this moment where she's trying to decide, is she going to stand up for her people or is she going to be like, yo, I'm a queen now. And so this is, I want to like keep this safety and keep this position and keep this wealth. I don't want to, I don't want to rock the boat and get myself in trouble. And uh, there's a, an advisor who says this line to her that I think of all the time, if you persist in staying silent at a time like this, Help and deliverance will arrive for Jews from someplace else, but you and your family will be wiped out. Who knows? But maybe, maybe you were made queen for just such a time as this. That's Esther 4.14. Maybe you were made queen for just such a time as this. I love that line because I think often we, you know, we sort of look down at our hands and we think, who am I? Who am I to believe this is possible? Who am I to believe I could make change? Who am I to think I could break generational cycles? Who am I to think I could help the homeless population in my city? Who am I to think I could be a foster parent? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? And you are an individual, a human, like every 
other world changer who has ever existed. Every single person that you admire, Mother Teresa, Nelson Mandela, Gandhi, Martin Luther King, like every single world changer you admire was a human who believed that they could. And it doesn't mean that it was easy. And it doesn't mean it didn't come at great risk, at great cost, and sometimes their life. But they, just like you, I'm sure had moments where they looked at their hands, where they looked at themselves and thought, who am I? And what that scripture always makes me think of is you are exactly who you are meant to be in this exact moment at this exact point. And maybe you are here for such a time as this, for this exact moment. What if, just flip it for me for one second, what if you are exactly what is necessary for change? What if? What if you, every single thing in your life has all lined up to lead you to this moment in time with the exact background you have, maybe with your exact lack of information, maybe the fact that you're a newbie is what makes it great, maybe your energy, maybe your wisdom, maybe your very specific family of origin is gonna set you up for that conversation that's gonna put you in the right place. It's on your heart for a reason. And I believe that if it's on your heart for a reason, then you will be guided to where you are meant to be at the time you are meant to be to see this through. Uh, yeah, I got another scripture for you. <laughs> oh, I'm taking you to church. Oh, my word. Um, which is hilarious. I need to like start reading other religions books so that I can um, quote lines from them too, so I can include everybody. Uh, but you'll forgive a Pentecostal preacher's daughter if this is some some of my my earlier learnings, and so they always stick with me. But yeah, you will be guided. One of the most famous scriptures from the Bible is, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. If you, you know, if you, if you grew up in the church or in the church now, you're familiar with that line. But what I always latch on to that I feel like people forget when they're in those hardest seasons, when they want to give up, when they want to quit. Maybe you're in a season like that right now where you want to give up, where you want to quit. And I want you, even if you're not in that faith, to think of the scripture, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thy rod and staff, they come for me. You don't need to hear the whole thing. But basically the idea is that even in the darkest moments, the creator is there guiding you through. And what I don't think people pay a lot of attention, which is beautiful to like the rod and the staff, they comfort me, I lay down beside, you know, like it's like, oh God, you're giving me this comfort and thank you in my hardest, darkest seasons, you're giving me comfort. And I find that so beautiful. But what I think that people miss in that scripture is, yea, though I walk through the valley, I walk through the valley. I don't lay down and die there. That's what people don't get. That scripture is about being guided. It's not about just the comfort that you get from something greater in the hard seasons. You don't even get that, do you? Like right now, the hard season, right now, post-divorce, right now, you've lost someone you love, right now, you're out of work, right now, you are being guided. You are being guided to the next thing. And if you believe that, and if you stand back up and you keep taking just another step, just another step, 
just another step. You're going to get out of the valley. And the thing is, the strength that you earned from getting through the valley is exactly what you need to make this dream come true. So I believe, you don't have to believe, I'll believe enough for both of us, that if you have this idea on your heart, there is a reason it is there and it is possible. It is possible. The third truth about why I know that you are gonna achieve this goal, why I know that you are gonna make this happen, sitting up. Man, if you are listening to this on audio and like you need me in your face, there is a video of that for you. The reason that you are going to achieve this is because you have to. There are people who are counting on you. If you have children counting on you, your family that you want to take care of counting on you, you are counting on you. Maybe you know, you're the 12-year-old version of you who first dreamed up this dream and now you're 46 and it's still on your heart. That 12-year-old version of you is counting on you. Someone is counting on you to see this through. Someone. And that's why you're going to do it. On the days that it gets hard, on the days that it's not fun anymore, on the days that you do not know what you're going to do best, I want you to remember who is counting on you. Who is counting on you to keep going, to stand up, to try again, to look for another way, to call one more time, to reach out to another person, to to read another book, to pray again, to meditate again, to take care of yourself so that you have the energy to try again tomorrow. Someone is counting on you. That's why. That's why you're not going to listen to the negative self-talk. That's why you're going to ignore your mother-in-law when she says something crappy about your dreams. That's why you're going to keep pursuing it. That's why you're going to wake up early if you have to. It's why you're going to stay up late. Not because you're trying to burn yourself out, but because you are so passionate about the dream that is in your heart that that is all the fuel you need to put in those extra hours. People are counting on you and you know that there is a life that is different than the one you have today. You know, I'm not trying to sell you on the idea, like this, like, you know, just like make up, you're going to be a billionaire and whatever. No, there's like lots of YouTube marketers or whatever. Like there's lots of bros that can guide you to that. I don't want that. I'm, I'm not, I want you to live a beautiful life. And what I know about this community, because we have been in conversation and we have been community for 10 years, what I know about you is it's never that. It's never selfish pursuits. It's never, you know, oh, I want to be a billionaire so like I can have, you know, boats and hoes or whatever. Every single person I talk to in this community, when I ask them about why they pursue the dream, it is very rarely even for themselves. It's wanting a better life for their family. It's wanting their kids to be able to go to private school. It's wanting to take their family on vacation. It's wanting to be able to contribute to the charities that they believe in. It's wanting the ability to start a nonprofit. I I literally have never talked to someone in this community who was like, I want to do it because I really want a Tesla. But freaking A, if you really want a Tesla and that's why you're working hard, you do you. But what I'm saying is it's never that. I feel like people get beat up because they're afraid of pursuing something because 
everyone sort of twists it or flips it or makes it something that it's not. And if you spend all your time trying to defend your right to have this dream to other people, you will spend all of your energy and all of the extra time defending instead of just doing the work. People are counting on you. Stay aligned with that truth. That's who you show up for when it gets hard. And that's why you're going to make this thing happen. The last thing I want to talk about, because I gave you your three truths, you're a warrior, you have this on your heart for a reason, and people are counting on you. So I gave you three truths. Here's the lie. Here's the lie that most dreamers believe that keeps them from pushing past the barriers, that keeps them stuck in that comfort zone. The lie is the idea that you need their support. Their support being, I just need my partner to believe in this dream. I just need my mama to believe in this dream. I just need the internet to believe, the venture capitalists to believe, the my family to believe. I need my friends to get it. Man, that'd be nice. I The amount of times that women especially have come up to me and they're like, how do I convince my husband that it's okay and that it's smart for me to try and write a book? How do I convince my partner that it makes sense for me to start a podcast? Like, how do I convince them? Like, I just feel like I spend so much time trying to, you know, and I feel ashamed and I want them to be supportive and they're not supportive. And like, no, I did not have that support. I did not have that support. You know how I got the support of my family and my friends and my husband at the time and my in-laws? You know how I got it? I made the dream come true. When you make the dream come true, everybody's a supporter. Oh my gosh, we are we just we always knew. We always knew you had it. We were we we knew. And I'm like, for me? The the pushback and the fight back and the you know, so I got so much grief from Oh my gosh, I got so much grief. I've written about this a ton, but I got so much grief from my in-laws at the time. I got so much grief from my ex-husband. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Like, why are you getting up so early? Why are you going to these conferences? You know, like, because I would try things and they wouldn't always work, like I'd have a book come out and, you know, the first one, like a thousand people read it first. And then like, 2000 and it kept growing, but it was never like wild success. And I got so much crap about, you know, what was this going to do to the kids? Like you're working and, and, you know, kids should have a stay at home mom. It sounds so insane to me now at 39 years old. I, I, and I hope it sounds insane to you too. I hope that it sounds insane to you that someone would say that your kids are going to be ruined because you're not a stay-at-home mom. But at the time, I heard that over and over and over. Literally, that was the line, like, what is this going to do to the kids? Uh, and I I fell for it. And you've made me heard me talk about this. If you want to take a deeper dive on this and girl, stop apologizing, I go into detail. But I I pursued my dream 
but I did it like under cover of night. So I got up at four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning and I would write in the morning before the kids woke up. And then the kids would wake up and I'd do breakfast and school drop-offs and then I'd go to my job and then I'd pick the kids up and it would all happen again. I pursued my dream in the dark. I pursued my dreams in a way that would be least hurtful to other people. It's sort of like me saying like, oh, I, I just dipped my pinky toe in the water because I was getting so much crap from my husband at the time about like, oh, well, this is going to take time or um, you should be with the kids or, but I'll tell you what, when it finally worked, everybody was a believer and their memory of how supportive they were was like very different than my own. And I own that. I was too immature at the time to understand that I could stick up for myself. I was too immature at the time to understand that my dreams had value because I have value as a human being. I was raised to believe that my husband's desires, needs, vision, dreams, all of that mattered more than me. So I believed in my heart that the only way I could pursue something more for myself, something that was outside of what he thought was normal, was if I did it in a way that was least frustrating to him. And it's we, we talked about this years ago when we had a podcast that we did together. And we used to tell this story and we used to like laugh about it. And I look back in retrospect and I see it in such a different light that um, I would wake up, like I told you, four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, I wake up to write. And when I would wake up in the morning, I would unplug my phone, you know, on the side of the bed, the alarm would go off, I'd unplug my phone. And the sound of the cord hitting um, the the nightstand or, or falling on the floor, he'd get so pissed. He'd be like, ah, you woke me up. And he'd get so mad at the sound of the cord. And I learned to get out of bed like a ninja. Like I was so effing quiet and I would like tiptoe and like sneak out and quietly lay the cord down and do everything in my power to not disturb him. I'm talking about it right now. It's like making the pressure in my chest rise. And he, we like, we talked about that a lot. We used to like laugh about it because he'd be like, oh yeah, you know, she wake, you used to wake me up, waking up early in the morning. And in retrospect, I mean, it's taken me all this time to realize it wasn't about the cord. It wasn't about the cord. He didn't like that I was doing something he didn't understand. He didn't like that I was changing. He didn't like that I was motivated. He did not like that I was motivated. He didn't like that I was getting up at 5 a.m. Because if he slept for two more hours, what does that say about him? That was his thing. But I took it on as my own. And so I just kept being quieter and quieter and smaller and smaller so that I would not disturb him with my dreams. And not disturbing someone with your dreams is essentially saying, I don't want to disturb you with who I am at my core. I didn't get that. And I tell you these stories now because I want you to skip the decade that it took me to learn this. Man, what if you could just not waste 10 more years barely pursuing this dream? What if you understood that you had a right to your dreams and you have a right to pursue them and that there is a way to do it? It doesn't have to be confrontational. You don't have to like be like, F you, I'm going after this thing. Like you just can do it. There's a thing uh, for writers that we say, show, don't tell. When you're writing a book, don't tell about it. Show it. Show it in the story. And I think it's the same for you and the way that you live your life. 
You don't have to have their support. You don't have to have them believe in you because odds are they won't. You need to believe in you. You only need one person to believe in your dreams. You. That's it. You don't have to argue about it. You don't have to defend it. You just have to live it. And when you live it, you show other people what it's going to be. Don't you get? They can't see it. You're trying to convince people who don't have your vision what it looks like. You're wasting energy. Put that energy, put that heart, put that passion into the project. Byron Katie says defense is the first act of war. When you start to defend your right to have your dream, you give them permission to fight with you about it. You don't have to have their support. God, it's amazing if you do. It's amazing if you do. But if you start off believing that that's the missing piece, that if you only had support, if you only had their guidance, if you only had mom and daddy believe in you, I worry that you're not going to get very far. You got to believe in you. And by the way, that's a hell of a motivation. It is a hell of a motivation to visualize again and again and again when you show them the book, when you cross the finish line, when you do the thing, to imagine what it'll feel like for the people who said it wasn't possible to be like, well, here it is. What's amazing is that by that time, you don't even need that validation because the thing that you did for yourself has been made manifest. But I don't want you to get caught in the lie, this twisted belief that you need them to make this happen. You need you. Everything that you need is already inside of you. The vision, the dream, the potential, the drive, the strength from those past experiences, it's already in you. It's Dorothy and the Ruby Slippers. You've always had the power. When are you going to stand in it? When are you going to own that power? When are you going to believe that there's a reason this is on your heart? Man, who out there is chasing other people's approval? And, and I, it's easy to get this wrong. It's easy to think that as a form of protection, that the way to pursue this without needing their approval is through anger right? Is like to be like, F you guys, like I got this, I'm doing this, confrontational in your face. That's never going to work. The way to pursue this without their approval is through love, not through fear, not through anger, through love. Fall in love with the thing you're trying to do. Fall in love with it. Be obsessed, be obsessively in love with this thing that you're trying to do. It's all the motivation you need. It's all the belief you need. It's all the support you need. That passion and that love and that joy of what you're trying to pursue is going to carry you so freaking far. You don't need anybody else. You just need what's right here inside of you. Man, I hope I motivated you. (laughs) I hope that was good. I hope that gave you something. I, you know, I'm... I have to remind myself I can get really into the creation, right? Like we're um, we're working on tour. I'm going on tour this fall. I hope you guys are going to come and hang out with me. If this was motivational to you at all, oh, you better come to tour. 
your face will be melted off. Like you are going to leave so on fire. You better bring your partner. You better bring your husband. You better bring your boyfriend because otherwise you're going to go back home to them after tour and you're going to be so fired up. They're not going to understand it. They're going to be like, what is going on right now? But bring them. They'll be pumped too. Boys, boys can handle it too. I promise. Everybody is for everybody. But I, I get so bogged down because I focus so much on the content because I'm so inspired by this. It's why I wanted to do tour. The, the intention behind going on tour and taking the podcast on tour was how can I give people the experience of a RISE conference? So if you've come to RISE conference, three days, incredible, immersive, anywhere from eight to 10 hours a day. We're in an arena. We have the energy of each other, the like-minded people. Incredible speakers are coming and teaching. You're getting ideas. You're so on fire. And I was like, how can I bring that to people in a way that's affordable? Because the cost for us to produce a conference is millions. It's so, it's it's insane. People think conferences make a good job. Nope. (laughs) conference business is not a big money maker. It costs a lot of money, but doesn't make a lot of money. And um, in order to pay for something that big, the tickets end up being, I think that the least expensive tickets, like 300 bucks or something. I was like, how can I do this in a way people can afford 40 bucks? Like, how can I do that? And the way to do it was to come to you. So this fall, you know, go into Birmingham, Alabama, which I want to shout out. If you are in Nashville, if you are in Atlanta, if you are in whatever state is to the left, I'm so bad at y'all. Is it Mississippi, maybe? Man, if you are in those places, you are like a two-hour road trip to Birmingham. I just want to say that. But Birmingham, Alabama, Charleston, South Carolina, we're going to Omaha, we're going to Detroit, we're going to Chesterfield, Missouri, which is basically St. Louis, I just realized. St. Louis, where you at? Um, Some really great cities that I haven't been to before. And I really feel like I was called there. I feel like I was called. I feel like I was guided in this tour. I feel like there's a reason definitely have people who are like, man, you're going, these are not really the kind of like necessarily personal development sort of cities. You know, that would be LA, New York, Austin, maybe those, those markets that would be more, that would want to talk about things like this. And I just, I believe there's a reason that these cities were suggested and that I'm supposed to be there. And so I'm super excited to go motivate, to go, my intention, I want you to know with tour is two things is this idea of reconnection. I want to reconnect you with your vision for your life. You with the ideal future version of who you believe you're called to be. I want to reconnect you with your goal because most people I know feel disconnected from that North star that they had pre COVID. And it's still there. It's still on their heart. They've changed. They've grown. It's maybe augmented and different, but the dream is still there, And but they don't know how to pursue that dream as the version that they are today. And so that's what I want to talk about. I want you to reconnect and feel motivated and inspired and empowered about building that business, about growing the nonprofit, about being the best mama ever, about graduating college, like about being the best teacher, the best real estate agent in your town, like There are not a lot of places where you can go, number one, and just be totally pumped up 
by the people around you. Just leave on fire. Have your cup filled back up. But number two, I want to reconnect us to each other. So at conference, people fly in from all over the world. But in this instance, you can meet people in your region. You can meet people in your city. You can get your mastermind group. You can get your new community. You can get your new best friend who's like-minded, who's also on a journey, who's also seeking. That's incredibly powerful. That's, that's so powerful. So I am so excited to bring this into smaller venues, into more intimate settings. If you have been at a RISE conference with me before, there's about 100,000 of you who have come virtually or come in person to a RISE conference, come get re-inspired. Come get reignited. You know that energy that exists at a conference. Come get a taste. Remember that excitement, that joy. Be filled up again. And if you have never seen me speak before, just take this podcast as like a small taste. I am so passionate about people pursuing the dream of their heart, whatever it is. What is so beautiful about this community is that it is every kind of person. It's the stay-at-home dad. It's the woman who's about to become CEO of a Fortune 500 company. It's a student who's in their second year of college. It's people who are on a health journey. It's people who are struggling with anxiety. It's people who want to have a better life. And they're looking for tools and they're looking for support and they're looking for community. And that is what we do. If you've sort of been looking for that kick in the pants, I'm your girl. If you just want a cheerleader, if you just want to sort of like talk about things and not, you know, that there's a place for that, I am not your girl. I am tactical. I'm like, here's what we're going to do. Here's what tomorrow looks like. Here's who you need to connect with. Here's the books you could read. It's worth saying too, if you've ever gone to something, like if you've never gone to personal development before, this is going to be different than anything you might find later. And if you have gone to personal development before, this world has a lot of people and everybody has their own business model and they get to do what they get to do. But at a lot of personal development seminars or conferences, you're sort of going as the entry to be sold something else. So I want you to understand, I don't sell anything. I don't have, you're not going to come and it's like, and for a gajillion dollars in the back of the room, sign up for, I don't have anything to like get, you know, there's no upper level. Everything that I've got, you're getting on that night. It's like, I leave it all on the floor. If you've come to a RISE conference, you know this, like, at conference, I would historically go two or three hours over. I won't do that on these nights, I promise. But I would, I just, I want to give you everything that I can think of. I want to love on you well, because I know as a leader, as a parent in your community, whatever it is you're doing, I know that you're pouring out on other people and you have to invest in having that poured back into you. So if you want to come hang out with me on tour, rachetalklive.com. We're going to have so much fun. We're going to be so inspired. I promise you, you're going to get your face melted off by motivation. So if you're by yourself, come alone. Like so many people come to our stuff alone. You won't leave alone. You will leave with friends. Um, it is so welcoming. It's so fun. And, and or 
get a get a group together. Call your sister. Call the other members of your community. Call your book club. Get your get the other real estate agents in your like, hey, you've been wanting to make friends at work. Just be like, guys, I'm going to this thing. Anyone else want to go? It's going to be a really good time. And I know that our team is is passionate and is called to be in these cities starting in September. And I hope that you're called to be in these cities as well. And I love you guys so much. I love this work. I'm grateful for your energy because I can feel it from here. I'm like, I have to tell you, I have, I've really had so many people come up to me lately and tell me about how much they appreciate the podcast. And I've had that happen for a long time. I'm really blessed in the job that I have that, you know, people come up and they'll give me feedback on how the books have helped or how uh, speaking, you know, they heard me speak at this conference and it helped. But I get so much feedback now from the podcast. And for the longest time, I it was hard for me to feel that. I, I understand now through a lot of therapy that I have deflected that because I didn't feel like I felt uncomfortable with praise or I felt uh, like I, I didn't want to get a big head or I didn't, I, I, I don't know all of the reasons, but I understand now that I was deflecting anytime someone would tell me I would be very gracious, but I didn't really feel it. And I had this really beautiful moment. I was um, meditating on this recently because I had, I've started to feel a shift and I was meditating and praying and um, thinking about these women and sometimes men who stop me at the coffee shop, at the restaurant, you know, at the airport and, and tell me how the work has helped them. And I heard like so clearly this idea like, oh, Rachel, you deflect because you think these are fans. And these people that come up to you, they're angels. They are there so that you know that the work matters. They are there so you know which parts of the work matter. The things that they say specifically give you guidance on what to talk about or teach about next. And it was such a shift for me to understand and see it in a different way. And I say that because I bet there are some of you out there who are working on dreams, who are doing work, who are trying so hard, and you get feedback. People tell you they appreciate the things that you're baking. They tell you that they love, you know, the way that you made them feel when you cut their hair at your salon. They tell you these things and you deflect it. And you don't think you deserve to receive that. And that was the message I got the other day is like, these are messengers sent by something higher to affirm that you're doing good work and that you are loved and that it matters if one person on this planet is affected by the work that you are doing it matters and so i'm i'm really grateful and i'm really having that shift in my heart of the things that i hear back from you guys and i hope that you can um, find that in your own work as well 
that you'll really take it in when someone, you know, when your partner tells you you look beautiful, you'll really feel that in your heart. When, you know, your your daughter tells you that she loves you and that you're a good mama, like you'll really let that sink in. We need to have our cup filled back up. And um, there's lots of ways to do that. I hope that I get to hang out with you this fall and we get to have our cups filled up together. So thank you, thank you, thank you for the time. And I will be back soon with more, more good stuff. I hope y'all have a wonderful day. And remember, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble.